Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Drinking and Screaming, a new podcast we're doing about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Spooky Kelly. And today we're talking about the movie that started our horror binging crusade, the original Friday the 13th. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made a drink that revolved around our favorite camping traditions, bonfires and s'mores. Not murder. That's later. <laughs> Another reminder for you, September is International Podcast Month. Follow the IPM 2019 feed to be aware of all the amazing content coming out this year. And to catch our bonus episode coming out September 19th on the horror short Lights Out. Normally, this bonus episode would only be available to our patrons of $10 or more. So it'd be a good way to see if you'd like to become a patron to catch up on what you're missing. We're cheaper than Netflix and less than a latte a week. But for now, on with today's regularly scheduled programming and back to my non-salesy voice. Welcome back to Drinking and Screaming, the only podcast where you'll hear a lot of ramp up before each word comes out. (laughs) This episode will discuss themes of violence against both humans and animals. We understand if that might make you uncomfortable, so don't worry if you need to skip this one. I feel like if you're uncomfortable with like violence against humans, then horror in general is probably not your genre of choice. But still, we got we gotta we gotta point it out. Just gotta let you know that people die in a horror movie. Don't be sassy. I will be sad. Content warnings are good. They I'm are. a fan of them. So I made the drink this week. I call this one Fireside S'more. Ooh. Uh, it's not sponsored. Well, it is sponsored, technically, by our lovely friend of the podcast, Joelle. Hello, Joelle. Thanks, Joelle. Now I'll know if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, he got Kelly uh, some maple liqueur for his birthday, specifically to use in this. Yeah, he came to my birthday and he was like, hey, I got you a drink to use for drinking and screaming. And I was like, sick. Am I allowed to drink it regularly? And he's like, no. <laughs> so I've been I've been sitting here waiting to figure out what it tastes like for however many months it's been since my birthday. I've just had my first sip of this and holy fuck, delicious. Yeah, this one is very good. It's very counter to the last one you made, which was quite poor. <laughs> hey, shut up. Wait, now I can't remember which one it was. But I just remember. The lemonade no. one. Mm, oh, Yeah. You didn't like it too much. I, I think it, you liked it, but you didn't love it. So this is a, a lovely maple liqueur drink, hot chocolate based. And I put some biscotti on top. So I really wanted to get all the three elements of, oh, and marshmallow, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to like throw in the s'more idea of being by the fire. You're at camp. And also the maple whiskey is like trees are everywhere. I tasted this a maple whiskey on its, or not maple whiskey, maple liqueur on its own. And it tastes basically like alcoholic maple syrup. I'm a big fan of that. Don't graham crackers also have like maple or some sort of tree-based flavoring in it? I'm going to just say that they have an indescribable taste. Ah. And then the biscotti is just a classy AF way of putting the the carbs of a... Uh, yeah. I guess they all have carbs. True. The bread, the bread to the s'more sandwich. The marshmallow packaging did advertise that it was fat-free. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Because the rest of this hot chocolate concoction definitely is not. I think I would next time actually shove the whole biscotti bar in. Maybe cut it in half. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I want some crunch. Some I'm missing crunch. the crunch in the s'more. Yeah, and I think with the the fact that it was a marshmallow on top and not like um, whipped cream, it was actually hard to see the shavings on them because mm. it was supposed to be like mostly decorative, but then you get the scent of pretentiousness. <laughs> but I think it's uh, it kind of got lost in the blackened nature of the marshmallow. That's fair. Originally, I was just going to shove the whole thing in, but I like the shavings idea. And it's I think classy. Maybe, plus, as you drink it, it would probably disintegrate, and then you'd get like sludge at the bottom, which is never fun. We keep doing that. There has to be a way to stop like zest or f- like flavoring topping from becoming just a mess at the end of the drink. Yeah, the orange one we did, I think it was because you used the wrong, well, not the wrong, but a diff- I would use a thinner shaving. Mm. Than the one you recommended. There's my <laughs> parents have a four-sided cheese grater, and one of them is specifically for zesting, and it's we, we had one of those. Yeah, but it's thinner than uh, what we used, I think. I'm just gonna use the filter like we did for the biscotti. You just rub the rub the biscotti on the filter, and then shit comes out of it. Yeah, yeah. Don't damage it. You break it, you buy it. Yeah. watch today well not today we watched it a few days ago what day what did we watch today on friday the 13th well that's the day this episode airs we watched the original friday the 13th it came out on may 9th sad face not on the 13th yeah why why even (laughs) maybe there wasn't one that year and they're like oh geez I know they did for some of their future ones. But yeah, so this came out May 9th, 1980. It was directed by Sean S. Cunningham and written by Victor Miller. The synopsis that I stole from IMDb is a group of camp counselors are stalked and murdered by an unknown assailant while trying to reopen a summer camp, which years before was the site of a child's drowning. I would argue that the description for, I believe it was scary stories to tell in the dark would also work for this one, which was... Teenagers, try not to die. (laughs) They band together. (laughs) To try not to die. Yep, basically. Uh, Give me some of that trailer audio. Oh, God, 1980s trailer. Here we go. (laughs) One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Friday the 13th. You may only see it once, but that will be enough. Friday the 13th, rated R. Now playing at Man Westwood, Man's Hollywood, and a theater near you. Um, wow, I'm so glad that you get just the audio, because you just hear <laughs> counting to 13. Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Why, why explicitly say that you might only see it once, but that's enough? <laughs> Because then you're going to die. Is it? No. Or is it like back then nobody went to see movies multiple times, but we explicitly need to like mention that? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Also, I'm going to include that guy's voice at the end because after the trailer itself is like, this is very sinister. And then the end is like, and you can go to the Cineplex theater and see it yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Make sure to buy some popcorn while you're watching these teens die. Yep. Um, what was first? Was it me playing the game or me seeing the movie? I can't remember. I think you started playing Friday the 13th. And then you were like, man, I love this content. I sure do wish to see the movie version of it. Oh, and then we watched them all. Or even I would say that like... Because I know I I watched uh, Funhouse play it. Yeah, so I think what actually happened is we saw someone else play it. 
we were like, man, we don't know anything about Friday the 13th. Let's watch the series. And then possibly you started playing the game mm. either after or during that. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, when we first watched it, though, I remember telling a friend that we were going to start watching the series. And this was the first one that we had watched all together. Do you need a spoon? Yeah, the marshmallow got stuck in my cup. So now I'm just going to use my finger to scoop it out. Nice. Delicious. But yeah, so I let my, my best friend know that we were going to start watching the Friday the 13th series. And we were so excited. Massive spoilers. And then he went, oh, are you watching the one where the mom's the killer? And I went, I don't know. I'm watching the first one. The and one I that was, we've never seen before. And I was very sad. Also, now I've got mush- marshmallows stuck in my mouth. So if I sound... <laughs> You're like a dog with peanut butter. I'm playing Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> one f- Fluffy Bunny. Two Fluffy Bunny. <laughs> 40 Fluffy... Have you ever played that? <laughs> yes. You got 40? I don't know. Jesus Christ. <laughs> but yeah, so then we watched it. Um, and you did not know the spoiler. I did not know. And you were like, I just got a massive spoiler. And I was like, oops. Yeah, that sucked. But having rewatching it, rewatched it for this podcast, after having played the game so much, was incredibly surreal for me. Because everything just looks like the game. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was like, oh, every set piece was like, oh, that's in the game. Oh, that's in the game. I had to like shout it out to you. They had the archery camp, the cabin by the boathouse, the bathrooms were identical. There's and even then, like small assets. Like there's a, a board where they keep all the keys that I remember yeah. on the wall. And I remember in the game that that's actually there. There's like two main cabins that are picture for picture, like element for element in there. Yeah. So that was super cool. Even the music sounded very similar. Yeah. they There's key music elements. I have some trivia about that. So I don't want to go too deep into it. Oh my gosh, side note, Buddy is really into this drink. We found another Buddy drink. He loves it. I don't remember what the other one was. That's the test to see if Buddy (laughs) likes it. If he likes it, we've made a good drink because everyone knows that the best mixology reviewers are cats. Indeed. We even, as we were taking our photos for this one, and I say me, but or we, but it's really just Kelly that does it because he's the photographer. The photographer? Uh, but Buddy was already like basically drinking our test run. So I'm going to put some of those on the Patreon. You guys can enjoy that. We should uh, we should have an episode. Maybe we'll watch like Pet Cemetery and then make a drink that Buddy specifically can drink. Oh, man. That would be cool. But also so sad. Meat juice. Oof. <laughs> Anyways, go Which, on. That brings me actually a super good segue into my next point. Oh, jeez. You know what's coming. I do, this unfortunately. Is very sad. As we were watching it, uh, there's a moment where the camp counselors are in the cabin and there's a snake in the cabin. They're like, oh my God, a snake. Ah! And then they show the snake getting beheaded and I'm watching it and I'm like, that looked real. Yeah, it looked very meaty and a real snake that they cut the head off. And then I was like, Kelly, do you think that was real? And Kelly was like, no way. And I was like, yeah, no way. They, they don't do that in movies. And then Kelly Googled it while we were watching. Apparently the snake belonged to somebody and he did not know that they were going to actually kill the snake and film it. And he ended up like crying because he had to watch his fucking pet snake be beheaded just so that they could have a realistic looking shot. That's so... So sad. That is I, the worst. I burst into tears when Kelly read it to me while we were watching it, and I couldn't get over it. That was the scariest part of this movie. That's the like that. Oh, that why? puts such a dark shadow over the Friday the Thirteenth, like the first movie. Yeah, because the director could have gone out into the wild, found like a garter snake or something, 
and tossed it into the scene and been like, we'll kill it because it was before the time of like animal cruelty yeah. laws in film. So like I, I, I probably would have been on the side of that because like, you know, whatever, different times. But the idea that you invited a person who owns a snake as Let's a pet. Let's put your snake in this movie. And you want to like, do yeah, that? That's cool. Yeah. Whatever my snake's name is, loves movies. And then to sit there being like, haha, they're having such a good time with these teenagers running around and being scared. And then the person's like, all right, time for an extreme close-up of the snake. And they're like, yeah, he's going to be so featured. And then a machete cuts its head off. That's it's so, it's so sad. That director's an asshole. And it's also very annoying because they had Tom Savini, who's one of Hollywood's like best horror, um, not makeup artist, special effects creator. Yeah. He did a lot of the deaths in this movie. Uh, he did a special Jason design for the Friday the 13th game. They had the option yeah. to not kill an Just animal. have a meat tube. Ugh. Make a fake snake with real meat in it or something like that. Hell, use real blood. I don't care. Yeah, it made me very, very sad. Because now one of those actors is like, yeah, fuck yeah, killed a snake for my movie. And then like a dude is just crying behind him. Yeah. Ugh! Yeah, that sucks. I hate it. And I'm going to move on to my next point. I am secretly hoping, though, before you do, that that was a rumor that I found. And it's like one of those those like Hollywood. Um, what are they called? Like fake stories like mm. that woman who died when she was covered in gold or something like that i'm gonna take a pause so i can sip my drink mm, i finished it already oh that's so good <laughs> oh man i wish this was keto because i would make this all the time does it make you think of a simpler camping time it does nice okay my next point holy crap i hate the lead counselor in this movie <laughs> the final girl Oh, she's I, a very bad actress. I mean, I know that her acting is definitely of its time, but even so, she is just so damn terrible. The way she does her deliveries makes me think that she says lines with what she wants the audience to feel rather than saying lines with what her intentions are. So like, oh, I want the audience to feel bad for me in this moment so i'm gonna sigh and gasp or whatever oh rather I... than going for her goals which we all know is the best way to act my friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah because she almost felt like she's supposed to be the innocent one because that's like the the overarching theme of these movies is like if you do pot and have sex you deserve to die from yeah jason and his Slashers, mom yeah for so sure. like she was the artist she was the sensitive one that like didn't really want to play strip monopoly and just kind of wanted to hang out and have a good time yeah and like her delivery was kind of like that wide-eyed optimism of like no i don't know what's going on I'm so innocent. But even when, like, she's facing her death and, like, ugh, like, it just resulted ah, in... I'm so scared <laughs> and innocent. <laughs> it just resulted in a lot of terrible facial expressions, super awkward gasps that had no correlation with the scene, and, like, everything that came out of her mouth was just fake. Mm. I love the trope of having a final girl, but I hated... This final girl. Like, just have a better actress. Why did you have to cast Adrian King? Like, no. Some of the other actresses were better and yeah. could have been. She could have been the stoned one. That's why she sounds so weird. She's yep. just fucking high the whole time. And then I found this quote while I was looking for trivia, and it just 
goes so well that I just want to use it now with what I was saying. Because the director, Sean S. Cunningham, has been quoted as saying that the type of actors that he wanted for this film were, quote, good looking kids who you might see in a Pepsi commercial. Dope. And then Victor Miller, who wrote the script in about two weeks, never went to summer camp when he was a kid. So she had a bad script already. And then... They just cast her because she could. She looks pretty. That's great. She looks like she could drink a Pepsi. Yeah. She does have a cool quote about feminism in the film, though, so I wanted to include that also. She says, In terms of women not being victims or a woman being the killer, it hadn't really been done before. And sometimes I think about it if... Wait. And sometimes I think about if it was accidentally empowering women or if they just wanted to do something that had a twist. And mm. who would have ever guessed that the killer could have been a woman a sweet lady too betsy palmer no one ever saw that coming which i think is fair i definitely would have that's true you always like in movies nowadays the like psycho woman is kind of like shit on as like oh of course the woman's the the crazy one or the Mm -hmm. one that lies to you the whole time because women are such deceitful bitches but the idea that like a successful serial killer was a sweet old woman doesn't seem like it was ever heard of before. Yeah. It's always the like sweaty huge guy from the insane asylum or something like that. Exactly. So that is cool. I never and, even thought of that. And watching it now when you know, like we came into this knowing who Jason was. I didn't know the spoiler until right before the movie of the first film being the mother as the killer. But knowing like Jason is the murderer of Friday the 13th it made it so much of an extra twist that it wasn't in this one. Yeah, I somehow went through life not knowing that that was the twist of this very extremely old movie. Yeah, I went through life, okay, it's not as old, but massive spoilers for Fight Club. Didn't know the twist about Fight Club. Yeah, and we watched that recently and you did not care for it. No, it wasn't that great. It's a, it's a, it is a movie for gay boys. It's very hyped up. I think that's what it was. It is for homosexuals to enjoy. And that's, I am not one of those. And, str- and straight <laughs> boys just want to be anarchists. And the, the, the gay boys want to have sex with all of the strong shirtless men in that movie. <laughs> Fight me. And then, you know. And then do then you? Be, then be me. Ah, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My last point before all of the shit really goes down in Friday the 13th of like them being murdered one by one, which granted is the first scene of the movie. They get killed. Oh, the the 50s people die. Another piece of trivia that I did not include. The guy who gets killed, the first kill of the Friday the 13th series, he's actually just a crew member. Oh. And he gets credited with the first kill of the entire series. Are they both crew members? I don't know about the lady, but mm. I do know that the boy is. So they're like, hey, Stan, go pretend yeah. to make out with this actress and then get stabbed in the stomach. Yeah. It's also cool, a cool looking kill because he's got the blood all over his stomach and the blood coming out of his mouth. And he's like, ah. Yeah. So before all the stuff goes down, the camp itself really reminded me of my childhood girl guide camp called Watikani. We did archery. We sang songs, we went swimming in the lake, we went canoeing, we did rock climbing, we did arts and crafts, we did all this kind of stuff in tents, and there was a big lodge that you could go to, and it was so much fun, and it was an all-girl camp, so there was less chance of uh, any hanky-panky going on. All-girl camps are for homosexual women. (laughs) Well, that brings me to the last thing of my final point, which is I did catch two counselors going at it in a tent once. Nice. Yeah. Good for them. Huzzah! Fighting that stereotype of heteronormative (laughs) camp nookie. (laughs) 
Uh, but they, I think they really grasp the like fun that camp is. Even just you never see you see campers in the beginning sleeping, but the counselors themselves and stuff hanging out by the fire is really nice. Yeah, even when they're like fixing up the camp, they're like jumping in the water and goofing around. Mm-hmm. You were talking about it. And I don't know if this. I guess this isn't one of your points because it's the last one. But how the guys are skeezy, but the girls also seem to really want it because they're young and they're all the they're all super horny. Yes. And so all the fun they have is like, oh, fun time horniness. I'm the first one to get mad at like boys not answer like not listening to no. Yeah. And all of those types of things. But it's very, very clear. Like, it's exceptionally clear in this one that the girls are like, no, aka, yes, keep teasing me. Yeah, oh my God. And it's less that, like, oh, the boys are teasing them because they like them as, like, that's the key, that's the clue that they like them. They're already having the hanky-panky. Yeah, everyone knows that sex is going to happen, so they just got to, like, have fun and just joke around with each yeah, other. Yeah, it's like you t- you tease me all the time. I tease you all the time. Yeah, exactly. So I, I did love that about the film. I'm glad that you remembered me mentioning that because I didn't uh, put it in my notes. It's also kind of funny because, like, I imagine adults of the time watching this movie not seeing it that way and instead seeing, look at these devilish children talking about sex as if it's a normal thing for them to have. Yeah. <laughs> these kids all deserve what they get wanting to have the sex with each other. <laughs> Oh, I have an extra point. I forgot. Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle by Blue Wizard Digital is it? Is I'm in it. I'm in that. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th Killer Puzzle. So you can go and murder my likeness in very creative ways. It's on mobile, PC, and Nintendo Switch. It has a 4.8 rating based out of 2,600 ratings. So it's a good game, and I'm in it. You didn't include how you got in it. Kelly got me in. <laughs> He's a good boyfriend. They did like a draw or something on Twitter. And I was like, hey, I'm, I like this game, whatever. And then they're like, cool, you should be in it. And I was like, dope. Can my girlfriend be in it instead? Because she loves Friday the 13th and I wanted to give her a present. Yeah, it was my birthday to gift that year. Sick. I didn't have to buy anything. <laughs> but yeah, it looks just like me. Go kill me. <laughs> not, we're not sponsored by them. No. no. I just think it's cool. (laughs) My points. Huzzah! My first point is about the practical effects. Oh. The the first, like, true practical effect that we see is the girl, I think Annie is her name or something like that. She's the cook that's trying to get to the camp. Yes. Ronnie? Oh, no, that's the actress name. Annie sounds right. I I forget. I think it's something like that. Anyways, it's like we see her neck being slit by a knife and then like blood coming out of it. Yeah. And you can like nowadays you can clearly see that it's like a prosthetic that gets peeled apart and blood's inside of it and it seeps out. Yeah. But uh, A, I imagine on like an older screen, it probably looks hyper realistic. And B, even though it it clearly looks fake and is kind of kooky or whatever the shock value yeah the shock value that you're seeing like near a person's neck being slid open and the fact that it kind of just looks creepy because it's like a prosthetic yeah i think still kind of makes it a little bit unnerving to see these happen Mm. especially with kevin bacon's death where he's like lying down and an arrow just shoots through what looks like skin yeah the initial shot of seeing it is so terrifying that that one is extra funny though because the skin tone difference between the neck and his face yeah is incredibly different and his neck is like a giraffe neck yeah it's like a foot long Because you can clearly see that he's, like, sticking his head up out of a hole in the bed to, Mm. like, have this body there. But just the, like, 
I don't know, something about that style of prosthetic just feels so uncomfortable to look at that even if it's not realistic, still seems unnerving. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I really I really enjoyed that all. And and especially with like the parts where there is aren't any moving parts and it's the kid up against the door with a bunch of arrows sticking out of him holding him Oof. up. Those just look really cool. I'm excited when we eventually do 3D because that goes down the toilet. All the practical effects in that were terrible. <laughs> but we'll be we'll get there. Two or three Friday the 13th from now. Spoilers! Every time there's a Friday the 13th, we're going to watch the next one in the series. (laughs) I wanted to point out specifically when Pamela gets her head cut off at the end, the like severed neck with like bone and sinew inside of it still looks really good. Yeah, that was really cool. And they focused the camera on her hands so that it's like you're still a human part that you can connect with. Yeah. So it's a little bit blurred out, which makes it easier to pass off as like a real severed head. Yep. And I always I always thought that looked really cool. And it's good because that's the fucking climax of your movie. We're going to take a moment to talk about our sponsors and socials. Drinking and Screaming is made possible through the awesome support of our patrons. Thanks to everyone who's currently a patron, you are all helping this podcast be even better than it is now. An update for you all, I'm sure your stickers are still on their way to you. Please let us know when you get them. Huzzah! We have super cool rewards on there for helping us out, including original drink recipe cards that I make, that Kelly takes pictures of, (laughs) super cool. There's bonus episodes, there's Discord titles and colors, and there's even my creme de cassis, a cocktail recipe book. Holy shit. <laughs> Why did you call it that? I want like creme de resistance, but we always go creme de Creme de A new review has arrived. Thank you so much to Drive By Gay, who rated us five stars and said, Nice. I absolutely love the vibe of this podcast. They create such a great ambience to each episode, and it's such a great time. Also, if you love behind-the-scenes facts like I do, this is the place for you. You're a cool Drive By Gay. It's also a sweet name. Yeah. All the people that review us have dope names. (laughs) Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Drink and Scream and on Twitter at Drink underscore Scream. You can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. You can rate us on iTunes. I mean, anyone can, but we would really appreciate it if you did. It helps new listeners find us. Really, really help us out. For Discord, we're going to be cozying on up with our partner, Super Hopped Up. So check out bit.ly slash hopped up discord. For our indie podcast promo feature, we got The Lovely Featured Creatures, a podcast that focuses on monsters, creatures, and everything in between. I think they even have a few Jason episodes. Hey, this is Featured Creatures. We're a podcast about cryptids and other monsters like Tengu, Boromets, Kiki Aoun, Owlman, Bat Squatch, Hippos, Organism 46B, and more hippos. We do talk a lot about hippos. You can find us on any podcatcher, iTunes, or Spotify. And remember, all you need to do to be a cryptozoologist is to say you're a cryptozoologist. This point is really dumb, but it was something Ooh. that you and I both noticed when watching this movie, is I think in general, Hollywood only has a collection of faces that actors can use. They just use Arya Stark to cut some more faces every now and yeah, then. Yeah, everyone's just the faceless man <laughs> when they go into acting. And then they're given, they're assigned a face. So yours was, I can't remember his name, the like not, not Kevin Bacon and not Bill? the like. Bill? Question mark? 
Maybe something. You thought he looked like Noah Wiley. I still think so. It turns out he's a very famous, his dad is very famous. I forget. Oh, nepotism. That's how he got in this movie? Yeah, basically. But yeah, you thought he looked exactly like Noah Wiley. Yes! Specifically from the beginning of ER. Yep. Which is funny because I don't think those timelines match up. I think this came out in the 80s. ER was like early 90s. Yeah. Or late 90s, I think. So he would be like 23 in that movie. Yeah. But oh, he would, right. He would be then 10, 20 years older. He'd be 13, older. yeah, in yeah. this one, which I think he's supposed to be like 17. Anyways, whatever. And then the actress Lori Bantram? Bartram? Bartram. That sounds, yeah, that's Lori right. Bartram. I can't place it, but she looks like another actress. I thought maybe it was Carrie Fisher, but it's not that. And I kept trying to look it up because she looks very familiar. So if she any- just has one of those faces. Just one of those faces. So if anyone knows who I'm thinking of, tell me because it's been driving me crazy for the last few nights (laughs) trying to figure it out. Either that or I think I've just seen every face now and they're just starting to pile up on top of each other. Mm. Okay, this one's a real one. (gasps) A real thought. This is a real thought. I always like going back to these older movies because they're usually the like trendsetter of what their kind of movie's gonna be. So this is such like a classic slasher movie. Yep. Without any supernatural elements, especially the way that the Friday the 13th goes eventually. What do you mean? They just go to space. Eventually, they they go to hell. Psycho powers. Yeah. Uh. It's a little weird. (laughs) So the idea that like the slasher is just this mom who was driven crazy because her kid drowned in the water is very interesting because it's like such a classic. It's just such a good start. Her motivation is so good because she even worked at the camp so there's the extra layer of guilt like her son son dying is partly her fault but then she just ultimately has to blame the counselors who were canoodling exactly it makes such for such a good slasher character it also likes i don't know if this one initially set the trend of like final girl but the idea that like most horror movies now end with like a final girl being the hero yeah this one they wanted to jump off of halloween success So they took all the elements that were clear in Halloween and just like did a little spin off of them. Mm, That's cool. Yeah. And uh, and like the way that she's the only one that sees all of the dead bodies. Everyone else is oblivious to anything going on until they die. Yep. And the idea that then every death is now revealed to her as she's running around trying to run away from the killer. So cool. And that makes up part of the coolest part about the Friday the 13th game of like Jason being able to kill counselors in like very creative ways with whatever's around him yeah and then when your character finds one of those dead bodies they're like oh my god this can't be happening Ah! Ah! he's killing me Ah! yeah i really (laughs) like that um and then my final point is that this is the origin of you and i yelling boobs every time that a horror movie has boobs in it Because I think we went in Yay! like assuming that like every slasher flick had to include a shot of boobs. Yeah. So we just like point at them every time now when there's boobs. And we, well, yeah, we do yell them out. Even when we watched Psycho last week, we were like, like, boobs. boobs. Yeah. <laughs> we're watching uh, It Chapter Two tonight. I wonder if there will be boobs. Yeah, because there weren't any in the first one because they were children. Although we do know there are old lady boobs. Oh, there's going to be old lady boobs. From the trailer. Very scary trailer. I'm a bit scared. I'm a bit nervous. Yeah, because movie theaters are hard to escape from. And we cannot yell boobs if we see them. I will do it. I'll whisper it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I just like that trend now. I think if we see a penis, we also scream penis. But that's... That's rare, especially because- It is very rare. We only do it in slasher movies because if we did that in an Ari Aster movie, it would kind of ruin the tension of the moment. Yeah. I think when we saw Midsummer, I was like, penis. Oh, you ruined the moment. (laughs) 
You're not supposed to enjoy seeing the penis in an Ari Aster movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. Can I make it up to you with some fun facts? We'll see. <laughs> okay, the first one I have to include. You're not gonna, uh, this movie's so special to us. You're oh. not going to tell people the, the rambling explanation to why we do trivia? Of course, I forgot. Okay, I think, was this the first... Was this the first one we ever did? It was the first series that we've ever done. But it wasn't the first read the trivia? Um, actually, now I don't know. I think know. it might be. Let's assume that it is. It might have been the first time we ever did this. But yeah, so Kelly and I, before we even started this podcast, were in such a loving relationship and we just love to watch horror movies together. And then I fall asleep as Kelly reads me fun trivia. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, after every horror movie that we watch, we uh, snuggle up on the couch or go into bed, and one of us will look up on our phone. It's usually Kelly. Fun trivia on like IMDb or other movie sites. So now for the podcast, we curate these extra great trivia facts, and usually the person who knows the most about the series will do the trivia. So I did this one. Dun, dun, dun. And the first one that I have to include is the one that blew our minds. You already know this one. Yeah. That don't read them ahead. Come on. I can see. It's, <laughs> it's the easiest thing to see. Um, so the typical music. I'll probably just replace you saying it with the actual sound effect. That sounds good because I don't know if that was very intelligible. <laughs> but anyways, that typical theme that happens so much in the movie is not actually what people think it is of chi chi ha ha but ki ki ma ma and the composer harry manfredini did that to resemble jason's voice going kill 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 mom 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 which is crazy so that's like what mrs Voorhees hears in her mind yeah because i think it only plays when you're in first person yeah of of pamela exactly because even later she's like kill them all mommy Kill them all. And that's the thing, is that that moment was what inspired that part of the music. Oh, that's He was cool. watching that. The get her, mommy, kill her. And he was inspired by that. So then he made this like super reverberated, delayed effect of himself saying, kill, 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 mommy. It would have been cooler if he like sampled the actress saying, kill her, mommy. And like took oh. the kid from her saying kill and the ma from mummy. Yeah, that could have been cool. Because then I think it would have read better. Because it does like even listening back now, you have to like really think outside the box to hear ki 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 ma ma ma. Because it does just sound like ch 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 ah ah ah. I think it's cool that that's what is actually being said. But the ambience, the f- the fear that comes from it is so there anyways, regardless. That's true. So I still like it. The next one I want to say is the the money facts. Ooh. So we got the budget, which was five hundred and fifty thousand. The opening weekend made five point eight million, and then Jeez. the gross overall, just from the states, was thirty nine point seven million. Wow! No wonder they made eleven other movies. Yeah, it's crazy. The most successful one was the reboot. Besides uh, Freddy vs. Jason, which obviously has two fandoms going to see that movie, yeah. the reboot of Friday the 13th was the most successful. But still, they all were incredibly successful. I wonder if we'll get Friday the 13th 13. Because I know that there was dispute over who owns that IP now and who mm. who's allowed to use it. As Rip, the game has now been basically like shoehorned from ever using any of the properties again. Don't even talk about it. (laughs) It makes me so sad. For those of you that don't know, the game will never have new content. They can just fix bugs. Yeah, they're not allowed to add anything because they don't own the rights anymore. 
All right. Uh, there was, I'm glad that we are doing this, that I get to do the trivia for this one because I also do a lot of the trivia for the new movies and that's always a, such a struggle for me to find really cool things. Yeah, it's pretty good when you have an unending list of trivia. Yeah. So doing this, I thought I would include some of the cool goofs. Ooh. Uh, one of them, we called it out as we were watching. When Brenda uh, is playing the strip Monopoly, she rolls the dice and says that she rolls double sixes and gets to go again. But we both saw that she had only rolled a one and a two. Yeah, she's cheating. I was like, what the fuck? Maybe she's relying <laughs> on her friends being too drunk and high. Yeah. Ugh. In the uncut version of this movie, which I'm not sure if that's the one that we watched this time around. I think I, I legally think so. acquired all of the uncut versions. Yeah, I think so, because I remember this moment, which is at the end of the film when uh, Alice is like running around finding all the dead bodies. She discovers Bill hanging on a door and his mouth and his uh, eye are twitching a bit like Ooh. as he's dead. This is because the special effects makeup was applied incorrectly and seeping into his covered eye. Oh. So it was like he was in pain for that shot. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, fuck them. No, never mind. That's not that's not proper. I was going to say fuck them. That's payback for killing that snake, but he didn't do it. So. I mean, I don't know who killed it. But. The director killed it. I don't care who swung the machete. Yeah. They only did it because the director had their hand on theirs. And also, as ev- that's extra true because the like actors can't say no, basically. Yeah. I mean, I, thankfully, it's changing a bit, especially for women in this day and age. But oh, man. All the directors are now scared that they'll be called out on Twitter, which is good. Yeah. Be decent humans or else you'll be called out on Twitter. Ugh. All right, I got a cool fact, which is a quote from Betsy Palmer, who plays uh, Pamela Voorhees. And this was uh, her talking about getting the role. She says, my agent called and said, how'd you like to do a movie? I said, great, I hadn't done one in a few years. California? No, it's going to be shot in New Jersey and it's 10 days work. I'll make $1,000 a day, but there's a catch. It's a horror film. So she said, oh, no, it's bad enough I'm known as a game show player on I've Got a Secret, which is like something that she's well known for in 1952. Yeah. Um, So she said, send me the script. The agent sent it to her. She read it. And she said, what a piece of shit. (laughs) No one's ever going to see this thing. It will come. It will go. That's the end of it. She called him and said, I'll do it. And that's my part of the story. So she made $10,000 from this movie. From doing a piece of shit movie. Yep. That she was like, oh, I'll be forget- forgotten. And now it's like her main reason to go to conventions and stuff. Yeah. Sadly, she's passed away. But uh, yeah. I, I always like when actors have that happen. Not because it's like a good outcome for them, but like when they're like, ah, this thing sucks. I'll take like low money or whatever yeah. because it's never going to get big. I'll get paid up flat rate and then not take uh, any royalties or anything. Yeah. yeah. And then it's like the best movie ever. It's just, I don't know, have confidence in the thing that you're doing. Yeah. Maybe you're such a good actor. That it'll be great. Yeah. You'll elevate the film. Bad script, good acting. Yeah. Like The Room. Go for goals. The Room is terrible acting. And bad writing. (laughs) And filming and direction and props. And And now it's a cult classic. Yeah. Exactly. She was also asked to reprise her role of Mrs. Voorhees in the Freddy vs. Jason film, but she turned it down because she it was too small of a part. So then it went to Paula Shaw instead, which I thought was like, why would you ever turn it down? Yeah. What are you doing? Get, going to conventions? How much are you getting paid to go to conventions? Just ask for that much to write <laughs> one. It was a scene. Yeah. It was literally a scene yeah. of like her talking to Jason. But she said no. I guess stand by your convictions of... 
not doing bit parts if that's what she thought it was. It's like the uh, what's the actress's name from Halloween that like Jamie Lee Curtis. She was like, "Fuck no, I'm never doing another Halloween." And then well, and then, then a good did. one came around, and yeah. she's like, "Ah, sure, whatever." True, that was kind of counter my to, point, but yeah, I'm not being hired in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies anymore. I might as well go go back to Halloween. <laughs> okay, now onto the like super cool trivia facts. The movie was filmed at Camp No Be Bosco in New Jersey. The camp is still in operation and it has a wall of Friday the 13th paraphernalia to honor that the movie was set there. Everything was literally just not a set. It was actual campgrounds and buildings except for the bathrooms they made the bathrooms huh even like all the set dressing and stuff was yep also isn't that the thing that the twisty man in uh, scary stories says no that's me Ty Doty Walker <laughs> yeah close enough <laughs> um, while they were filming most of the cast and crew stayed at local hotels but some of the most dedicated crew staff uh, and actors stayed on site including Tom Savini who's the special effects guy mm-hmm. and Teso and Starvakis. So they stayed on the actual campsite and they had a VCR and they only had two movies. It was um, Barbarella and Marathon Man. So they watched them like every other night. They would swap between. And to this day, Savini is like, yeah, I can quote those entire movies by heart. Nice. Which I thought was cool. I'm surprised it wasn't Million Dollar Man because of the very bad slow motion in Friday the 13th. (laughs) That's in the video game too. When you kill Jason. It's Oh yeah, it goes into slow motion. But it's not it's not the like frame by it's not the like 10 frames per second slow motion. It's legit slow motion. Yeah, so that's true. It's not as good. <laughs> uh, you remember I was saying that they took like all the Halloween elements to make this movie. Yeah. So Halloween has a lot of music in it. Friday the 13th movies actually have very little music. And it was a decision made by Harry Manfredini to only have music in the movie when the killer was present. Oh. So basically the whole film is silent uh, soundtrack wise, but then the climax is wall to wall music because the killer's always there. Which also in the game. Yeah. The music only really starts when Jason is around you. Yeah. There's still like a bass music that comes every so often. It's just to frighten you. Yeah. But I also love in the game they do all the different Jason's musics. Yeah. Depending on which Jason you're playing, that's the music that you hear, which Especially is really cool. Especially the NES Jason, which is my <laughs> favorite. A fun little snippet is that to get all their roles, the uh, actresses all did the same monologue of the uh, Blood Rain Nightmare that one of them is talking to Kevin Bacon. Oh, right. The one, the one monologue in the movie. So that's what they used as audition monologue, which is cool. Even huh. when they were auditioning, they had like very little idea of what this movie was going to be about. When they were doing advertising, they only had the famous like Friday the 13th like block letters and the glass shattering. Yeah. That was the first thing they had besides like not even a story. Huh. And then two, this is like trivia that I had read but I didn't include, two big movie funding companies or like investors saw that and they just knew that it was going to be such a success from Halloween being so good and they like knew that it was kind of going to be like that that they just offered to front the whole $500,000 budget immediately. Wow. I wish that we could get something off the ground by showing typography. It's crazy. That's especially weird because if they auditioned with the Blood Rain monologue like that has literally nothing to do with the movie and kind of makes it sound like they're auditioning for like Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So I guess that's a good way of pe- keeping people in the dark. All right, I'm getting to the end of my trivia. Something that I thought was really cool, like I said that Betsy Palmer goes to conventions all the time. Yeah. So when fans are talking to her about the movies and stuff, she always says that she has no idea who the person in the hockey mask is because her son Jason drowned in 1957. That's pretty good. Which is like, oh my God. <laughs> so wait, she thinks that it's dumb, but stays in character? Yeah. <sighs> I mean, she, she also kind of counter dicks. Counter dicks? What's that word? She counter dicks herself? Counter dicks. Counter dicks. Is that what? Contra dicks. Damn it. The video game Contra, <laughs> but with dicks in it. Not countering a dick. Can you say it again? I prefer to parry. I dick. just want to say counter dick now. Contra <laughs> She contradicts herself a bit because she also poses in like motherly ways with the hockey mask Jasons. Yeah. But yeah, it's still funny. Um, and then. We were discussing, this is the last trivia I have. As the movie was going, I was like, that looks like man hands. Because you only ever see the killer's hands. Yeah. And it turns out that it was. It was a man that played the killer all up until the actual moments when Betsy is revealed to be the killer. Was it to hide the fact that it was her? Or because she thought it was too degrading to walk through the woods because she's such a big classy actress i do know that she is only she was only on set 10 days mm. which is why she only made ten thousand because it's a thousand a day so it's just the scenes of killing the final or trying to kill the final girl yeah I, so i think it was basically i think it just came down to budget and like why would you bother paying someone especially when a you lot of money just, if it's just like generic hands yeah you could just get a crew member to swing the blade in front of the camera yeah which is like uh, reading the fact about how the cr- a crew member is the teen counselor that dies in the beginning of the movie as an actor I'm like why you gotta do that like just get (laughs) another actor someone would have been so happy to be that person it's true but then that's also like man I should be a crew member then I can be in movies yeah yeah Probably not anymore. Especially it's all about who you know. It's That's like what it is everywhere. I mean, especially in Vancouver where it's like you could point at someone on the street and be like, hey, you, are you an actor? And they'll be like, yep, sure am. Yep. Put me in your movie, coach. <laughs> and that's it. That's all my fun facts. Sick. Do you want my final thoughts? I do. Please tell me them. It's the final girl. My thoughts get to see all of the other thoughts strung up and bloody. <laughs> Mine doesn't really have much to do with the movie other than the fact that like this was the first horror series that you and I watched together, kind of like sparking the trend of like, hey, what's an old horror series we haven't seen? Let's watch through all of that. Uh, So I'm really excited to get to slowly watch through Friday the 13th again as we make this podcast. Yes. Although like sitting down and finishing that movie, I almost instinctively just started playing the next one because I was like, Oh, we did it. Let's watch Friday the 13th, too. It just feels good. Yeah, just sitting down and watching an entire series in like two or three nights. I feel like we've done that for so many. We've kind of been avoiding Nightmare on Elm Street just because it's so like... Bad and rapey. Yeah. We've, um, we've been warned about that. And apparently it's not so good that like we need to feel like we're missing out on anything. Yeah, but I also feel like I want... Like you said, I, we're, we've been told that we're not really missing much, but I also still have the FOMO. That's true. I mean, like, Dead by Daylight has Freddy in it now, and it doesn't have Jason because Friday because the of thir- that same thing. Yeah, and Friday the 13th Ugh. existed. So I think they could have put him in Dead by Daylight, but Friday the 13th already existed, and they were too similar. We should watch everything that's in Dead by Daylight because, spoilers, at the end of September, they're releasing the Demogorgon. Which is extremely exciting. I, it's going to make me play it because I've always been like, eh, because, like you said, Friday the 13th, the game is so similar to Dead by Daylight. You're a huge F-13 stan. Yeah. Yeah. Stan? 
Stan, you haven't heard. It's a kid. It's a modern kid term. Oh, okay. Explain for being to me. a huge fanboy. I don't oh. know what. It, I don't know what it stands for. Standing. <laughs> uh, get at me, kids. What does Stan mean? Uh, my final thought is that basically, I'm just. Although I love this movie, my main takeaway from watching it and like finding out about the snake thing this time around was just like it was very sad, and I'm so glad that they have animal rights and like. No animal was harmed in the making of this film. Yeah, because there's a few really bad ones. Uh, I think in Watership Down, they blow up a water buffalo. In um, Cannibal Blow Hall. up? I, something like that. I In the facts for me looking up about this snake, it was Ugh. like they, they blew up a water buffalo for Watership Down. Jesus Christ. And then in Cannibal Holocaust, they like crush a turtle or something like that. Ugh, terrible. So, People were real shitty to animals back in the day for movies. You know this. I'm not sure if it's really come out on the podcast too much, but basically I do not tolerate any animal harm or death in movies. Even like I know it's fake in like current films and it's like actor dog is so great at acting dog. Yeah. Every time we see a dog, I'm like that dog's probably going to die now. Yeah. And then I don't care about any human death. Humans kill animals. So, so they deserve, they deserve to, to die. To die. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, that was a bit of a, a black spot on this lovely series for me, but I do love the game and I still love this series. It just, why you gotta kill a snake? Why you gotta kill a pet snake? Tell you what, I, will, I will find a, plushy snake and I will have a shot of me hitting it with a, a kitchen knife and then I will splice that in in lieu of the snake scene. Okay. So anytime we watch it back, we'll watch the director cut. Nice. Which is a, a, a like a big furry green snake just getting hit with a kitchen yeah. knife. Especially because that whole scene was basically improvised, we found out. It didn't need, and it didn't provide anything. There was like, oh, it's a... They were actually inspired more trivia. They d- included that scene and that idea because they wanted they wanted um, Nightmare on Elm Street kind of feel because there's a moment in the first film where they get scared by like I forget what it is. I saw a clip of it uh, a while ago, but the characters who are going to be haunted by Freddy get scared of natural like occurrences before oh. they start to be hunted. So they were including that being like, oh yeah, let's like. Let's just have a, a real scare before they start to have a killer. I figured it was either to show that the place is run down, that there's like snakes roaming about, mm. but like camps have snakes, so fucking what? Yeah. Or to show that the character who finds it is like a city girl that can't handle the wild, so she has to get the big strong men to kill it. But she's the one that machete chops off Pamela's head. Yeah, because she finds her true power at the end. She yeah. get claims back her power once she sees that women can kill people too. <laughs> Pamela's really just her mentor. She's like, I killed your friends. Women can kill people too. Yeah. And she's like, all right, I'll kill you. And Pamela's like, oh no, I didn't think about that. (laughs) Well, that's been Friday the 13th, the movie about the undying love of a mother, even though your child is super easy to kill. (laughs) That's what I got from it. Next week, we'll be watching the brand new It Chapter 2. And remember, always scream responsibly. Ah. Bye. Ah.